0: Hi, this is Lauren Engel today I'm here with Taylor Park. Hi! <laughs> so you're born originally in Dallas?
1: Yes, I'm originally from mm-hmm. Skeet in Dallas and then I moved to LA when I was like twelve. Yeah. yeah. Are
0: your parents originally from Dallas as well?
1: My mom is from Louisiana. Yeah, both of my parents are from, uh, from oh. Louisiana. Yeah. My mom is from Shreveport. hmm So it's kinda down the street yeah. from Texas. <laughs>
0: And when you were five, your grandma took you, was it to the church choir? Were you part of it or?
1: Yes, I like definitely grew up singing in church. And from there it was like, oh, then I was classically trained. And then like I just started to become curious about all the different kinds of, I don't know, that's like music, mm-hmm. you know, from songwriting to creating the beats. So like, I just became curious about more. Yeah. And growing up, your mom
0: was in the US Army or? <laughs> yeah. What, was, what yeah. was she doing there?
1: I don't know what she was doing specifically because when I meet my mom, I'm like, yo, uh, when I meet my mom, I mean, when I, no, when I meet my mom, <laughs> when I see my mom, I am like, what, I can't even imagine her being like in the army, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and she had that whole life, you Yeah. Know, so. So that was, oh, that was before you were born? Um, Yeah, but actually after I was was born, she was still in the army. Oh. Yeah, and then eventually she just started to do um, software uh, developing and and all that type of stuff. Mm. Were you more raised by your grandma then? In the beginning, like, I used to to spend so much time with her Mm -hmm. um, because I was staying a lot with her because my mom was working, you know. And so then after that... You know, my parents, they they do work a lot, you know what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. so it was a lot of me finding hobbies, you know what I'm saying, me playing with my friends, me playing with my cousins, and like, yeah, just finding things to do, Mm -hmm. so my parents got home. Yeah, how about your dad's (laughs) career? My dad's career, he's a mortgage underwriter. Oh. Um, so, yeah, like, they both come from, like, completely different worlds than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, which is awesome because it allows me to have a different perspective. That's yeah. Fun. Where do
0: you think about your creative side
1: from? Hmm. Well, even though my mom does, like, the tech um, side of things, like, she grew up playing music, you know? She's just very shy. Um, and I think that, yeah, both of my parents have creative. Kind of tendencies, or they they're both, like, they can sing, like, yeah. they can do it, but they would just have no interest in the music industry, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it was bound to happen, um, but we didn't know that. Uh, obviously, you never know if your kid is gonna enjoy something that you do. Yeah, you know, but I was lucky that they supported that. And they got you a karaoke machine. Yeah, <laughs> they got me a karaoke machine when I was like, I don't know, like seven or something like that. And um, yeah, they had so many r&b songs on it my parents um, are a fan of beautiful melody like those are the type of artists that they like to listen to you know Mm -hmm. just like beautiful melody so the brian mcknight's the baby faces all of that type of um all those type of people Mm -hmm. you know was it your grandma's idea to enroll
0: you in the dancing classes or
1: no i literally started to go to dance class because i had a friend um at school that was going to dance class And I was like, yeah, she was my childhood best friend And I was just like, I want to go too mm-hmm. and it was like a summer camp And it just sounded fun, you know And then how long after until you met Debbie? I met her maybe a few months After, after oh, that wow. Because um, she came and like She's very hands on with um with, with Dada And like She just showed up one day and was like Wait a minute, uh, is there anybody that can sing here Because she puts on these plays like mm-hmm. uh, That are based off of like, her books Or other books sometimes. So this one was called Dancing in the Wings, and there was a character named Lil' Sassy. And, like, yeah, it was my first time that I was introduced to uh, acting. Yeah. You know, uh, was through her, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then how long after were you
0: in her place, like performing in front mm-hmm. of Phil Smith?
1: Probably Donsal. from until I was 11. Uh, so eventually I would do I like the Kennedy Center with her for years, you know, and um, and kind of had this whole other world introduced to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and then 12, I mean like well, 11, 12, like that's when she convinced my parents, she was like, yo, you should think about uh, moving her to um, L.A. And so at first it was I went with her for the summer to L.A. And it was this kind of being like, okay, I'm going to my dance classes, I'm being trained in all these different types of dance, and I was never um, in love with dancing, but it was something that was a challenge for me, you mm-hmm. know, and it was something that wasn't my first thing that came natural, and so I was kind of like thrown out of my element, you know, and it was, it was kind of fun. Yeah. You know, hard, very hard, because she's one of the best dancers, you know, in history. And so for that to be mm-hmm. one of her strong suits, and that for that for me at the time, felt like my weakness. You know, mm-hmm. it was interesting. Yeah. Were you homeschooled then or how did you found school? I started to homeschool at, again, 12. I like twelve, that was a really turning period, oh. like, a major turning period in my life because like I, I booked Hairspray and like it kind of put me into a different type of mindset of I am a professional actress now, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was that shocking to you? Like, everything came
0: so quickly and easily because you didn't actually even really, like, have it in your mind
1: so much. I think that usually when I've done anything in life and any type of, um, like, success that I've had, I'm so, uh, focused on the next thing that sometimes, more so, I'm more guilty of not noticing that it even happened. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, not appreciating it, not, uh... Not 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 appreciating—that's the word, word. But not realizing, whoa shit! Like mm-hmm. you should just take a moment and think about the, the, what you have accomplished.
0: Yeah. Just for
1: a second before you move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. What was it like working
0: with so many adults? I guess you just matured super quickly well, then.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I've always been like, growing up, I was always told like, oh, you have an old soul. Anyway, so like <laughs> a lot of people will be like, it feels like you've been here uh, before, mm-hmm. and so like. I don't know, I think that I've, I was always a bit of a, yeah, like a little mini-adult. Although, you know, you can tell, like, even when I was a 25-year-old, mm-hmm. I still have that childlike uh, kind of like wonder, like mm-hmm. curiosity like about me, um, as, which I like to keep. So in some ways, I was like, oh, I don't know how old you are. In some ways, it's like I know exactly how old you are. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and were your parents worried about you getting into the entertainment industry so young?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's uh, always so many things that you have to worry about. Um, like, it's in regards to me being a young woman, in regards to me being a, a young black woman. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many different traps to fall into, no matter yeah. who you are. And that goes beyond gender, or where you're from, or race. But there's a lot of uh, traps in the devil's playground. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. And at what age did
0: it click to you that you just wanted to pivot straight into music?
1: Hmm, probably like 16, 17, like at that point I was going to college and I literally was like um, how can I like get back to what I love doing, what I'm willing to become great at like what I'm willing to spend the time on to get my 10,000 hours in you mm-hmm. know? and it was music, it wasn't like acting, it wasn't dancing, it wasn't any of those things, it was music and I had to discover Whoa, what? Fa- there's a lot of different sides of the music industry, what side do you want to work on you know and then I started to learn all of these different like ways like whoa wait a minute like on the management side on the label side on the publishing side I started to learn so
0: much you know and you were were you studying some sort of like musical engineering or what were you studying
1: no but I do engineer yeah um I was studying entertainment law though okay um like I actually like really fucking interested in, Mm in the business side of the music industry I always have been because I guess I've always had to be uh interested because I didn't have somebody holding my hand along the way mm-hmm. it was more of a figure it out, make a mistake until you figure out which the right way to do it. Yeah. Know? Did you finish it or did you I didn't I yeah. didn't, but I will though. That's <laughs> the cool thing is because I I always find myself missing school, which is Something I'll get back to, for sure. hmm And you realize soon after that it
0: was difficult for people to take you seriously in music because of the acting.
1: Yeah, exactly. The same way that, like, people didn't take it serious on the writing side because if you do music. And now, if you're an artist, and then if you're a writer, then people don't take you serious on the artist side. And then it's, like, just one big thing of, like, proving to people that you don't have to wear one hat all your life. mm mm-hmm. Because... The biggest people, like kind of the biggest artists in the world, they never had to, you know. Yeah. It's not until you prove that wrong that people realize, oh yeah, you can do that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be boxing. I forgot. It. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How did you get into the music industry though initially?
1: Um, just like friend of a friend, like going into, like the studio, stepping into the into new rooms and being curious, like what's going on behind these doors. Who's over it is, and then who's mm-hmm. that, and who's the publisher, and what's a, who is their A and R, and that's how you get a placement, mm-hmm. like literally just figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And how long after do you meet? Was it Big John, or mm-hmm. I met Big John when I was like, I don't know, like 19, and um, yeah, I just turned 19, and I, I wasn't gonna do a publishing deal at first because I don't know. I found I was getting myself into. The, the right rooms, which I continue to do even after my publishing deal, but it was different because Big John, I had a support system and I had a very honest man that was working with me, and like he's now like my family. You know, that was mm-hmm. the main thing. It's like you know what, because for me it's not about doing it on your own. It's what's the most efficient way to get it done. Yeah. You know, and if 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 you show there's value and you like being on my team. And that's all that matters to me. Mm-hmm. Like in that way and it, he was valuable in in so many different ways, like and just like a great person on top of it.
0: Yeah. Did you already have a lot of songwriting credits after uh, before you signed with Warner?
1: No, or I literally because this is what I just in you. Stu- yeah, they just believed wow, in me. I love they just that. believed in me. Like, that's it.
0: Mhm. And then soon after you wrote for fifth harmony yeah fifth harmony that changed everything right yeah Yeah. like because
1: then people were finally exposed to um like my style of writing and my way of working with an artist outside of the music but really helping them find confidence in themselves and really telling their story and and really taking my time with them and and tailoring this kind of song for them specifically
0: yeah and then how did he get more into the k-pop world like bts
1: Hmm. Well, I think that like the thing that's really cool about K-pop music is that they mix a lot of different genres. Yeah, like all in one know? song. In one song. Yeah. So like it is kind of like what I was trying to do, like what I was trying to do with all these different artists like pop and then I'll write a country song and then mm-hmm. I'll write this and then But I have to switch artists to do that usually. But yeah. you mean to tell me you can give me a group? That has like ten people in it. Yeah, and then they have like five different genres in it. Well, this is knocking off all of my checks for one song. You got into K-pop now? Yeah. So like <laughs> that was like the thing. So then I ended up doing like Twenty One and and Red Velvet and BTS and like all these different ones. That are, it was super interesting. Like that's the thing that it's usually most things I do in life is because they were a challenge to do.
0: Mm-hmm. You know.
1: And how did you work with Christina Aguilera? Uh, Christina's team reached out to me. Uh, After, like, I had done um, In Common for Alicia Keys and, um, like, a few other, like, records, like, of people, Mm -hmm. I guess, that were on similar, like, labels or whatever, and um, after, like, the first time that we actually finally, like, our schedules worked out, it was awesome because she became a friend, Mm -hmm. you know, like, it was cool because we were able to have honest conversations, able to have dinners. And not work, able to have sleepovers. Like, I got her in a black mirror. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's like fun. And that's a part of um, making magical music for whoever you're writing with, as far as writing goes, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: And was it surprising to you how quickly or how easily you were to place things with big artists?
1: Mm. Well, I think the one thing that helps me out on the writing side is, like, knowing people. Mm. Like, if you know people then well that's what you're that's what you're selling music to is people yeah real people and you if you can take the time and to humble yourself and to listen to other people's story and be able to project that out again by just listening and taking it in and really absorbing it really asking somebody how their day was really asking somebody how it made them feel to get their heart broken or to and get it rebuilt again yeah <laughs> you know that's what a song is and so when you know people the placements come you know when you take the time to just get to know somebody and when you you first met ariana what back then and like when you were doing nickelodeon right yep yeah. that was the very first time we met um and it was interesting because yeah like we met on completely different yeah, territories yeah like, or something yeah and like Acting and like it was a completely yeah. different world before people kind of took either of us seriously on the music side. Mm-hmm. and knew us as child actors. Yeah, and can you talk a bit about the story behind
0: Thank You Next? It was kind of inspired by was it Jane Fonda or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she has a
1: uh, she has a like a documentary that. Basically yeah, I really want to watch it. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Like I'm I, like I'm a documentary like nerd. I love. Oh my god. I've seen probably all of them on it. <laughs> Like, But um, I uh, was watching this And I was telling her about it the next day And I was like yo every chapter um, She goes through She wasn't obviously saying thank you But she was just noticing that she would That she learned different things Or took different things or molded herself To be a certain way for every relationship That she entered
0: mm-hmm. And
1: then she finally gets to the final chapter Which is Jane And I was like I like the concept of that I like the fact that you finding your you finding yourself throughout everybody all the other stuff that you had to kind of go through, you know, and and, and she found her own like kind of interpretation yeah. of that concept as well. And thank you, next happened like continuing to pers- like make it her story. And what did you learn from from each of these situations? Cause she's had a tough year. And yeah. she's learned a lot, and she's grown a lot too. And so I wanted to show that growth that, mm. that I was able to see. Yeah, I love
0: that. Did you always realize from the onset that you wanted to be a artist, like putting out your own music and just was waiting for the right time?
1: I don't know. I think I had to discover if I wanted to be an artist because I've never been someone who does uh, something for attention, right? Because mm. I've had like a, lot of, a lot of records come out or whatever, and, over the years, but I'm just now finally kind of getting like notice for it, it not mean that I was in, that not gonna continue to do it if, if I never got the recognition yeah. for it, you know, because I know that I did it, you mm-hmm. know? But I think that as an artist, like I had to kind of only go through it to discover, well, is this something that I like to do? Like I had to discover, okay, do I like to perform? That's one thing that we have to figure out. Well, okay, let's go do a tour with Edison Pack and find out if, mm-hmm. you, if, if you like to perform. <laughs> I like to perform, so, (laughs) yeah, Uh, it's something that I had to discover, like, I didn't know that I wanted, that I liked to write music until I kind of dove into it, and, but I wanted to make sure no matter what I did, which is why I think that I've been uh, timid before in, like, releasing music consistently, um, is because I wanted to make sure that it was genuinely who I was. Like, when you're creating everybody else's role around you, um, you have to be careful that you are saving some of you for
0: yourself. Yeah, I love that. What would you say are your inspirations outside of music?
1: Mm. I feel like you've created a whole world and I'm like so obsessed with it. Yes. I'm like, give me the inspirations. <laughs> Man, like, I love to have conversations with strangers and friends. But definitely conversations are the biggest inspiration in a song. Um, I like to have fun. I like to do things for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like. In the moment that it's back, it's been too long since I've said, this is my first time doing this. It's like, oh, you gotta get some more expense. You gotta get some more living. and um, I travel a lot.
0: Mm. Um,
1: yeah, with like no cell phone service,
0: right? Just like really literally
1: just out here in these streets.
0: <laughs>
1: How did your song with Khalid come about? Oh, that came about because uh, we were originally working on his um, album. And yeah, this has kind of been the beginning of Lead, yeah. Know? Like we did a song a while back, and then when it came around to doing my album, I mean, or my mixtape, uh, I was like, oh, you know, what song is like really dope, and somebody who I really respect as an artist, because I'm very um, particular with my features. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just because I've worked with everybody, so I'm just yeah. like, okay, I, I want my particular to, I want my features to mean something, you know. Mm-hmm. And coming up, do you think you're going to
0: cut back on the songwriting for other people to focus on your artist career?
1: I wouldn't say cut back, but I, but I have been more focused on who I write for and what I, what I spend my energy on, because mm-hmm. now I'm having to apply that energy to my artistry as well. I have to put just as much focus um, into myself if I'm more than what I do on other people. And I put, a, I put a hell of a lot of focus into that particular artist when I'm working on them, so I'll apply the same rules to myself. Yeah, and you have a. Are you putting out a album coming up? Yes, yeah, so yeah. on April fifth, We Need to Talk is coming out.
0: Yeah, uh, it's about is, your first heartbreak, right? Yes, yeah, the oh first time that
1: I'm on the other side of the love song, and um, and it and it's yeah, it, it was interesting because it's not that I've never been, I've never had my feelings hurt before. It's not that at all. It's just it never mattered this much. Mm. Mm you know? And this was, I think, one of those pivotal moments where I was learning. This album overall, like the the experiences that I was um, able to kind of learn, taught me a lot about myself, which is I think the only reason why I was like, I felt like I had to, I had to put it in a song because it was such about, it was so much about my growth, you know, as a person outside of even the love. Mm -hmm. What clicked you to start your label, Tale of Me? I just know that I approach music and artistry in a completely different way than than most of the labels that kind of I've, that I work with all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have a different perspective, and there's room for those perspectives, especially now. Uh, and you say you have an artist like XL, yeah. I mean you have a label like XL that does that approaches music completely different than like RCA or then, or RCA does than Epic, and they all mm-hmm. have their kind of thing that they do well. But there's there's something there's a perspective that I wanna add to music and, and yeah, I'm building that vision. I'm really yeah. excited to be able to have the freedom to do that with my own labor. What was the reaction
0: when you saw yourselves on you saw yourself on Forbes thirty under thirty? <laughs> yeah.
1: Very shocked and I was very happy because I remember, um, a few years ago, like uh, like crying because I didn't make it. And it was not like a a fucking devastated cry. It was like, man, so disappointed because like I've done all of this stuff and nobody knows about it.
0: Mm. You know what I'm saying?
1: And that was probably one of the few moments that I did like care about like the fact that I don't. Because, you know, I feel like even like the people on Forbes, like they're not always like famous people. Mm -hmm. They're just people that have... There are people that also have impact. Yeah. You know, and that's what I care about. I don't care about the camera, I care about impact.
0: hmm You
1: know, and the fact that I had done all this other stuff and like I was overlooked at first. It was like it made me sad. But then look I look back on that moment and that memory and I laugh now. Because
0: yeah.
1: it was a completely different thing and I have to trust my timing all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. How would you say the music you've made has changed over time? Mm.
1: Well, I think it's grown up with me. I used to, like, you can see it in my personality, right? You can see my personality in my music, like, my f- songs like Boss and, like, all those other things. I was such a hyper 19-year-old mm-hmm. kid, like, you know what I'm saying? It was very sassy, very aggressive, very um, out there. Now I can say those same things in an understated way, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's just, like, me growing up, you know, it's learning different ways to say the same thing when I was a kid I might explode if I'm upset now I might talk to you in a calm way and use my lyrics and use those words and the tone of those to make it sound like a happy love song even though I'm saying fuck you (laughs) You (laughs) what do you say have been your biggest challenges so far in your life Mm. I don't know it changes so often like every time I think like oh this is my this is a challenging thing for me. I um, I find out this is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's first it, became, it was the challenge of trusting myself. And then the challenge became making sure that I don't trust myself too much, you know, to the point where I'm not listening. And then it's like it'll change over time. I think those are things that come with your age when you're growing up and going through the experiences. You know? mm-hmm. What does love mean to you? Hmm. Love means a new perspective Because the person that you fall in love with Most of the time Is going to have one completely different than you And it's only when you love somebody That you give a shit about their perspective You know And that you can actually see someone's perspective differently. other than that A stranger could have a completely different perspective But it doesn't mean anything Mm -hmm. to you So you don't open your eyes to that So love for me Yeah, it means seeing the other side of things yeah, the last question, what do you
0: want to be remembered for?
1: Hmm. I want to be remembered for changing my industry, whatever way that that is, whether it's changing certain laws in regards to songwriting or whether it's, you know, breaking records songwriting, but uh, even outside of that, I, I think that I want to make sure that I can do something that affects the songwriters and, and artists that are going to come after me long after I'm dead. Yeah, I love it. This was awesome. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs)
0: you. Bye.